welcome to Let's Talk Shit About Weddings. I'm Amy. And I'm Carolyn. Hi. Hey. Hello there. (laughs) I love it. How was your week, Care? Oh, you know, it was good. You had a vet visit. Got a goopy-eyed cat. He's fine. It's the worst. (laughs) How about you? How was your week? Oh, busy and crazed, but good. All good. Well, great. I actually keep meaning to tell you something. It's not all that recent, but sort of. Back in the day, we worked hard to get rid of this horrible thing that people were doing at weddings where they would release <laughs> where they would release every pew at the church one at a time and hug every single person. Oh my God, yes. And like I feel like we banded together as an industry to we say, did. no, do not do this. This is a poor choice. It cuts deep into everything that's important in your wedding and it's taking forever. Please stop. So I had forgotten about this horrible trend until the TikToks all of a sudden came to me and said, check out this new wedding trend. No. (laughs) No. 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 We put this to bed. We put it to bed. No. What's happening? What else have you seen that is coming back after 15 years of us being like, no, stop? I don't know. But doing a receiving line is just, okay, so most weddings these days, you have a set limit on how long you can be in a venue. You have a set limit on how long you can be in a church. Do not waste 45 minutes doing a receiving line. You're going to hug every person. You are going to talk to everybody at your reception. You are going to talk to everybody at cocktail hour. We're going to make sure you do. <sighs> it's no. exhausting. It's exhausting. And you'll, <laughs> you will not be happy. So that was something I saw that disturbed me. Yeah, I hated it. I hated it. Yeah. Yeah. I also had some very demanding people on the phone this week. Oh, yeah. Sometimes people connect with us for services. They found us online. Whatever. Great. Marketing is working. Hooray. I send them as much information as I can. Truly. I try to make it succinct, but I give them as much information as they need. And I say, let's get on the phone and talk about details. And then I get on the phone and we talk about it again and we run through the details. And so... Correct me if I'm wrong, but when you're on the phone with them, it's generally, if it's day of, they have a pretty solid idea of what their day is. At this point in at this point in our our the year of our Lord 2023, yes, they <laughs> do. Maybe 10 years ago I was still having a lot of conversations where they're like, "So what is this?" Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of people figured out what wedding coordination is and why they need it. Yeah, you're right. They have. And a lot of people have had conversations with their friends or their sister whoever that are like, "You need somebody to do this." So, I don't have to do a lot of explaining about why we exist or why we're good at what we do, which is helpful. They've they've usually gathered that by the time they get to me. But there's been a lot of hemming and hawing about like, wait, well, what exactly are you doing? Where does this fee come from? And well, shouldn't you just do it for this amount? (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine saying to any other industry, like, shouldn't this be your pricing? Literally, this happens to me. I know. I'm shocked every time. I send them a well-thought-out, priced-out contract. I've done math. Like, you've already... <laughs> we've, we've already numbered all this out after having many conversations. 
And then you just decide to say, well, I was hoping to pay this. So can you just take exactly what you're doing and just knock a whole bunch of money off of it? (laughs) And there have been times where I've spoken to people who are really, really kind and friendly and they'll ask me to take a little bit of money off and I'll be like, you know what? Sure. Like catch me in a good mood and be nice to me. Fine. When you're on, when you've asked me to get on the phone five or six times and we've exchanged emails back and forth 57 times. You counted. (laughs) Yes. It tells me. Email tells me in our little thread. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back and forth 57 times before $1 has been paid. By the third phone call, we got to bring the fiance in and then I get groomsplained on what I've already heard. Oh, Amy, tell the people what groomsplaining is. (laughs) The bride sent me several emails. We talked it over. We went through it. I even helped her workshop her plans. And then she has to get the man on the phone and he has to explain it all again. We have to go through every single detail again. And he has to explain to me how family photos take a long time. And how... Oh, I just... My body just wanted me to jump off the roof here. Oh, a little bit. Yeah. He had to... He felt the need to explain to me how my job works and how their event works and how the two work together. And then asked me to knock money off after like wasting my time legitimately and causing me so much stress back and forth, back and forth. Can we jump on the phone back and forth? You know what? No. What traumatic work event are we working through <laughs> today? We are talking today about Reese and Ryan. Oh, I love it. These yeah. two were beautiful people. This is one of those where it had absolutely nothing to do with the people involved. It was just the circumstances of the day. Truly. I do remember that it was a weird circumstance that day and a beautiful Chicago winter wedding. It happened to be 50, 55 degrees. Yeah, it was very warm. There were Christmas trees up at the church. It was beautiful. And because the reception was at the Brookfield Zoo, which is one of the coolest places that you can have a reception, in my opinion. And it was one of the last Saturdays that they were doing the zoo lights. Yes. At the zoo. And... (laughs) That perfect storm of timing, weather, yep, and traffic. It sure was. So the ceremony ended at four, and then the wedding party immediately got on the shuttle and left for the mm-hmm. zoo, which was only supposed to be like 15 minutes away from the church, I want to say. Yeah. The cocktail hour was supposed to be with the giraffes in the giraffe pen, and it was going to be so cool to drink among the giraffes and everyone was excited so we got everybody moving and off they all went and we were in separate cars this time i had in my car all of the place cards for people to find their seat and the suit that the groom wanted to change into at the reception because he was in his marine dress blues All of these important items were in my car, and some were probably in yours. I don't know. I don't remember if I took anything. I'm sure I probably did programs. So what happened then, Kara, as we drove off? Perfect ceremony, lovely wedding, beautiful couple. Gorgeous weather. Christmas. 
Zoo lights at the Brookfield Zoo. Huge deal. Gorgeous. ComEd advertises its <sighs> millions and millions of lights. And so when the guests and we were supposed to be arriving at the zoo, there were literally hundreds, possibly I would say thousands, even at least a thousand cars trying to get to the zoo. And there was nowhere else you could turn there no we were stuck in the long winding road entryway into the zoo parking lot you get in there and you cannot get out nope and it the the road itself was a parking lot mm-hmm. you and i are in separate cars and i re- i recall several frantic increasingly frantic phone yep. calls at first like well this is bad ranging <laughs> all the way to i'm going to pull my car up on the grass and i'm going <laughs> to I'm going to take the place cards and i think that i can run and i can i it'll be you know what i'll just take the ticket like i don't know what else to do it got it got desperate <laughs> it got desperate it got desperate because we did not arrive until 8 p.m. Are you kidding me? Do you know that for sure? Yes. Were we the last ones there? Like we were the the last ones there because we were the last ones to leave the church because we took like, I don't know, like the girls bouquet vases and stuff. Like Mm -hmm. we, we cleaned out the church and we brought everything over to the the zoo. And, and we thought, oh, they're all going to go to cocktail hour. We don't need to be at cocktail hour. They're going to chill and drink and we're going to go set things up. And by the time they're done with cocktail hour, hooray. No. So nobody made it to cocktail hour except for the bride and groom and the bridal party because for some unknown reason, yes, that particular shuttle driver, and they even said, I remember them saying, he took some kind of shortcut. There was some wild driving. Like he figured out a way to get them into the zoo. So those like 13 people had cocktails with the giraffes. And then two full busloads of guests did not make it there. And I don't know what they were doing, but I was sitting sweating in my car, having a full panic attack, trying to figure out if I should just abandon my vehicle and run. Yeah. Yeah. It was rough. Everything else was fine. Oh no. I remember when we got, God, I remember when we got there and we're like rushing in and we assumed everyone would understand because they were all in the same traffic we were. And then we started to understand that the bridal party had somehow gotten there. And some of the guests were really hostile yeah. That they couldn't get their place cards yet. And I was like trying to set them up. Yeah. And they were, I mean, they'd been stuck in three hour traffic too. I don't know why they were mad. Like, <laughs> I don't know why they were mad at us. We were stuck. But Reese, Reese and Ryan were perfect, perfect angels because they'd gotten their cocktail hour. The zoo gave them an extra hour at the end of the night. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, they got these incredible, amazing photos. Yeah. With the giraffes, with the lights, the zoo lights. Incredible. Gorgeous. They are beautiful. And they were really sweet to us. And then I think we got the reception started. We got them dancing. And then we were like, so we're just, we're we're done. Here, (laughs) we can. Goodbye. We love you. We're very overwhelmed and we're so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't know what to do. It was overwhelming. That was one of those where early times still. Nobody was at fault because it was just everybody wanted to go see the zoo lights in the 55 degree weather. Mm-hmm. And there was nothing we could do about it. And who could blame them? I guess. It was after Christmas. <laughs> this is one of those, though, that this podcast really 
was meant to help me work through because this is one of the more traumatic wedding experiences that I've had. And I don't often tell the story because there's it's a lot of explaining and there's no real easy way to say like I got struck stuck in traffic at my client's wedding and I could not get to it, you know. But yeah. like we really couldn't do anything about it and it really sucked for a lot of reasons. Yeah. But it was okay. Everything were everything turned out fine. And they were perfect about it. They did not care. They were like, it happens. And the pictures of them at the end of this night are just, they are just drunk and happy and they had the best time. Hooray. So, yay. (laughs) It worked out. Reese and Ryan, very nice people. Ryan didn't even care about the suit. He changed. Yeah, you're right. We have had other grooms who might have punched us in the face if we we had not brought their suit. So that was a lucky draw on our part there. They were really sweet. I hope they have a happy, happy life together. Mm Mm-hmm. I feel better now that we've worked that out. Amy, that was a hard day. Mm, And I would like to talk about something cute. We have a couple that we both got to work with, which doesn't always happen. It's a, there's only a few that cross over, right? Uh I think there might be some stories that we could surprise each other with today about that couple who we love so much. What are we calling them today? We are going to call them the couple that should have been, Mm. Yara and Daenerys. They will appreciate that. I I think so. Mm-hmm. Because that is who should have ruled Westeros, if you ask me. So. <laughs> this means absolutely nothing to me. Nothing at all. I know. I know. It's fine. Anyway. This was perhaps our favorite couple of all time. Possibly, I mean, yes. I, we've loved so many of our couples. Truly. It's not a joke. We really love most of them. Oh my God, yes. 97%. 98 and a half, <laughs> Just, I'd go as far as. But these two, these two ladies, top tier. Just my whole heart. I love them so much. I have not gotten to meet clients in person for many years. <laughs> Spoiler alert, I never get to meet my clients in person. Um, It's fine. Anyway, so... I had the very random and unique opportunity to ra- to run into this client after they had moved and I was traveling and we ended up in the same city and I got to have a whole several glasses of wine with them and it was <laughs> it was beyond my expectations. It was so delightful. They were as heartwarming and delightful as they are over Zoom, you know. It was great. Like they were one of the few clients who were like, "Listen, we are busy. Like one was PhDing and one was working full time and planning full time and like moving from an entire city to another city. Oh my God. Yeah. And, uh, God, they're just wonderful. And they were like, we would love to just zoom once a month just to get us on track. And there are some, there's, I know, right. (laughs) We set up, if you're listening, we miss you. So let's set up a monthly zoom. So this couple were unapologetically nerdy in the way that we love an eventless ordinary couple to be, right? This was the couple that we set out to get when we started this company. We love our theater nerds. We love our our book nerds. Just people who are deeply into something, those are our people. 
So they told me right up front that they wanted Dungeons and Dragons dice on every table. And they wanted a lot of Lord of the Rings references. They had music that they walked down to from Lord of the Rings. And some Game of Thrones references and things like that. And they uh, mentioned very early on that they were going to have swords. And I was like, well, that I haven't seen. That's congratulations. I think they said that in their inquiry. It takes a lot to surprise me. Swords was something new. So Yara, uh, her great-great-grandfather was an ambassador from France to Nicaragua, which aren't we all, right? Um, And in his time uh, doing that job, he acquired four types of swords, a British saber and a katana sword and two Turkish saber swords. I know nothing about swords, but apparently this is pretty serious big deal in the sword world (laughs) (laughs) um her great-great-grandfather uh died in a plane crash and so he became very revered in the family more than he already was of course he his possessions became prized and and they started to really uh covet these items that were his and they became part of the family legacy and so this is all very important to her whole, the whole line on her mom's side, right? And then, uh, so there's the great-great-grandfather. And then the bride's uncle is the only son of an only son of an only son. Ah. So he's the one who got to inherit the swords per family lore, right? And this uncle has two daughters. And so Yara's like... I see this opportunity, right? I see I see an in here because she was already a sword person. She got her first sword at the age of 12 on eBay. And she goes, <laughs> she's so funny. She goes, I'm not sure how my parents, how I got that past my parents. Like, I'm just, mom, I'm just going to order this sword on eBay. Is that cool? You're 12. No, it's fine. Like, Okay, sword. And she was she was uh, she was a fencer, and she is already well known to be a sword person, right? So as she and her fiance are planning their wedding, in her mind already, she's starting to plot how she can score these family swords. Okay, and Daenerys tells me one day early on that. That Yara has been, that when she sets her mind to something, that she will play the long game until she gets it. Okay. And that this sword situation is just a very good example of her plotting years in advance to get something that she wants. Because what she wants is these swords, not just for the wedding. She wants them for, she wants to inherit them. Okay. (laughs) So. I love her so much. She's so chill about it. She's like, no, no, it's fine. We're going to just, we're going to work this out. So, (laughs) so she decides that she's clearly the best option to inherit these swords. And she uses the wedding as a great time to pitch this. Why don't I use the swords to honor our my great-great-grandfather, our family legacy? It's such an important part of our family. The hanging of the swords was not decided at this point, but she was really angling to get these swords, right? So apparently her uncle is very reasonable, and he, he agreed to it. 
Um, and then they ended up having, and I didn't know this because as we know, I passed on the wedding to you. So I wasn't there, but there were four swords at the wedding. So I would love to hear how this transpired. Uh, so they had swords made, right? They decided to, so they got the two mm-hmm. swords from the uncle and then they decided to mm-hmm. gift each other two swords as a wedding gift. Cause they're just, so we have cool. some incredible pictures of them <laughs> with their swords on the day of, and they had to kind of sneak around the city of Chicago. Because <laughs> swords, uh, weapons That's on the street, weaponry. not great. So they're, they're, There are great photos of them with these wonderful swords they had made. For their ceremony setup, what they wanted to get married under was a garland. A beautiful, leafy, green and floral garland. So the garland hung from the ceiling in front of a gold curtain that covered the garage door that that we would pull the curtains for for the dinner. Mm, That's right. Very cool. Mm -hmm. So I get to the venue... And the backstory is we had just worked with this florist who we deeply love and who is a pal. We have to have her on. on. a very, yes, on a very challenging wedding. Mm -hmm. And that is the last time we had seen each other. (laughs) So I walked in, the garland is placed, and it's uh, basically just like, you know, an upside down U Mm -hmm. that they'll be standing in the middle of. And it looks beautiful. And they've placed the sword but it is two feet too high. Oh. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, it's okay. I think it's okay. It looks <laughs> it looks okay. Does it look okay? And I, I waffle back and forth because, again, I had just seen this florist at this very challenging wedding, and um, I did not want to ruin her day. Mm. And finally, I just looked at her, and I said, hey, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Sword's got to come down. Because it was like a foot away from the bottom of the garland, mm-hmm. and it, it wasn't in like the kind of middle, like where it would be kind of right above there. It just did not look correct. It was supposed to be framed by the flowers. Right, yeah, framed nicely, mm-hmm. and it, it, it wasn't. It was supposed to be hanging in like kind of like the middle, you know, you know mm-hmm. what lines look correct mm-hmm. when you're looking at a thing, and this did not look correct. And so... She said, yeah, yeah, I thought so too. <laughs> so her team came and they fixed it and it took a little doing. And mm. then we had to pull the curtains for the ceremony over the garage door because they weren't pulled yet. And the garland is right in front, right? Oh, no. So I'm pulling and my assistant is watching the garland and making sure everything's fine. And the sword was not attached correctly oh, no. and it fell right down. Oh, no, no. <laughs> just one side, just one side. But we caught it and they had to come back. Oh, no. It didn't hit the ground. It did not hit the ground. Oh, no, 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 no. Because <laughs> this was one of the important Turkish swords. swords. <laughs> I'll take S words for 400. Yes. Swords. <laughs> It's a Turkish word. <laughs> the cutest couple of all time. Truly one of a kind, lovely, hilarious, so much fun. That day was just a blast. They were the sweetest people on the literal planet. And I loved every second with them. Obsessed with them. Would like to see them yeah. yearly. It was very them. They had a uh, they had a vision. Mm-hmm. 
They had a light DIY, but it was a vision and they really pulled it off. You know what else they had? Hmm. Books. (laughs) Any client that wants books at their wedding, I am down. You can have a discount. You heard it here first. (laughs) That was an event less ordinary care. It sure was, (laughs) Aim. All right, y'all. We'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Let's Talk Shit About Weddings, hosted by me, Amy Nolan, and me, Carolyn Johnson. Please subscribe and share and give us five stars. Follow us on Instagram at AELO Chicago. This podcast is produced by An Event Less Ordinary and Big Pair Productions. Episodes are mixed and sound designed by Jesse Nolan. Special thanks to Jesse for writing and producing our theme song, to Tony Aguirre for the tasty guitar licks, and Lowell Levine Sims for the kick and bass. The song was mixed by Zach Hollander of the Pearl Recording Studio and mastered by Jeff Bosley of Sounds Good. We can't thank you guys enough. And thank you to our clients who really are delightful most of the time.